Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring, and I am your host, Tyler Morgan. This is Memorial Day weekend. Many of us have been enjoying the long weekend from work, barbecuing with the family, having a few drinks with the boys, just generally bringing in the start of the summer. While I don't fault those of you who do these things, because even I had a nice glass of whiskey and cooked out over at the neighbors, I, I do want to remind you all that this, what this holiday is about. This isn't self-righteous preaching. It isn't, I'm a veteran. Thank me for my service. It isn't party shaming. It's just simply a reminder. My version of the uh, Sermon Spice, I Fought for You video. Since we declared our independence from England and the tyrannical King George III, the United States has lost nearly one million men and women in combat around the world. Nearly half of that during our own bitter, bloody civil war. Family lines have been snuffed out or violently altered in the name of service to this country. Families have lost sons and daughters, brothers, sisters, moms and dads, all in the name of our freedom. Yes, the politics of why we go to war are always messy. Woodrow Wilson campaigned for re-election in 1916 that he kept the United States out of the great war that was ravaging Europe just to push Congress to declare war on the Kaiser and send our boys overseas and after his inauguration in 1917. The CIA lied about Saddam and trying to buy yellow cake uranium in 2002, leading up to the invasion of, in 2003. But the soldiers put all that aside to carry out their mission. They served honorably from Bunker Hill to Okinawa from the jungles of Vietnam to the Korangal Valley of Afghanistan. Memorial Day began in 1868 as Decoration Day. May 30th was selected as the Day of Observance because there were no Civil War battles fought on that date, so it wouldn't be seen as commemorating one battle over another. The day was marked with speeches reminding people why they were celebrating by decorating the graves of those who died fighting in the Civil War. Retired General, Congressman, and future President James A. Garfield gave the following address to a crowd of 5,000 gathered to decorate the graves of Union and Confederate troops alike who had been interred at the Arlington National Cemetery. I am oppressed with the sense of impropriety of uttering words on this occasion. If silence is ever golden, it must be here beside the graves of 15,000 men whose lives were more significant than speech, whose death was a poem, the music of which can never be sung. With words we make promises, plight faith, praise virtue. Promises may not be kept, 
plighted faith may be broken and vaunted virtue be only the cunning mask of vice. We do not know one promise these men made, one pledge they gave, one word they spoke, but we do know they summed up and perfected by one supreme act the highest virtues of men and citizens. For love of country they accepted death and thus resolved all doubts and made immortal their patriotism and their virtue. For the noblest man that lives, there still remains a conflict. He must still withstand the assaults of time and fortune, must still be assailed with temptations before which lofty natures have fallen. But with these the conflict ended. The victory was won. When death stamped on them the great seal of heroic character and closed a record which years can never blot. I know of nothing more appropriate on this occasion than to inquire what brought these men here. What high motive led them to condense life into an hour, and to crown that hour by joyfully welcoming death? Let us consider. Eight years ago, this was the most unwarlike nation of the earth. For nearly 50 years, no, no spot in any of these states had been the scene of battle. 30 millions of people had an army of less than 10,000 men. The faith of our people in the stability and permanence of their institutions was like their faith in the eternal course of nature. Peace liberty, and personal security were blessings as common and universal as sunshine and showers and fruitful seasons. And all sprang from a single source, the old American principle that all owe due submission and obedience to the lawfully expressed will of the, ma of the majority. This is not one of the doctrines of our political system. It is the system itself. It is our political firmament in which all other truths are set as stars in heaven. It is the encasing air, the breath of the nation's life. Against this principle, the whole weight of the rebellion was thrown. Its overthrow would have brought such ruin as might follow in physical universe. If the power of gravitation were destroyed and nature's concord broke, among the constellations war were sprung, two planets rushing from aspect malign, of fiercest opposition in mid-sky, should combat and their jarring spheres confound. The nation was summoned to arms by this every high motive which can inspire men. Two centuries of freedom have made its people unfit for despotism. They must save their government or miserably perish. As a flash of lightning and a midnight tempest reveals the abysmal horrors of the sea, so did the flash of first gun disclose the awful abyss into which rebellion was ready to plunge us. In a moment, the fire was lighted in 20 million hearts. In a moment, we were the most warlike nation of the earth. In a moment, we were not merely a people with an army. We were a people in arms. The nation was in column. Not all at the front, but all in the array. I love to believe that no heroic sacrifice is ever lost. That the characters of men are molded and inspired by what their fathers have done. 
that treasured up in American souls are all the unconscious influences of the great deeds of the Anglo-Saxon race, from Agincourt to Bunker Hill. It was such an influence that led young Greek, 2,000 years ago when musing on the Battle of Marathon to exclaim, the trophies of Matilides will not let me sleep. Could these men be silent in 1861? These whose ancestors had felt inspiration of battle on every field where civilization had fought in the last thousand years? Read their answer in this green turf. Each for himself gathered up the cherished purposes of life, its aims and ambitions, its dearest affections, and flung all with life itself into the scale of battle. And now consider this silent assembly of the dead. What does it represent? Nay, rather, what does it not represent? It is an epitome of the war. Here are sheaves reaped in the harvest of death from every battlefield of Virginia. If each grave had a voice to tell us what its silent tenant last saw and heard on earth, we might stand with uncovered heads and hear the whole story of the war. We should hear that one perished when the first great drops of the crimson shower began to fall, when the darkness of that first disaster at Manassas fell like an eclipse on the nation, that another died of disease while wearily waiting for winter to end, that this one fell on the field and sighted the spires of Richmond, little dreaming that the flag must be carried through the three more years of blood before it should be planted in that citadel of treason. And that one fell when the tide of war had swept us back till the roar of rebel guns shook the dome of yonder capital and re-echoed in the chambers of the executive mansion. We should hear mingled voices from the Rappanock, the Rapidan, the Chickahominy, and the James. Solemn voices from the wilderness, the triumphant shouts from the Shenandoah, from Petersburg, and the five forks mingle with the wild acclaim of victory and the sweet chorus of returning peace. The voices of these dead will forever fill the land like holy benedictions. What other spot so fitting for their last resting place as this under the shadow of the capital, saved by their valor? Here, when the grim edge of battle joined, here, where all the hope and fear and agony of their country centered, here we let them rest, asleep on the nation's heart, entombed in the nation's love. Hither our children shall come to pay the tribute of grateful homage. For this are we met today. By the happy suggestion of a great society, assemblies like this are gathering at this hour in every state of the Union. Thousands of soldiers are today turning aside in the march of life to visit the silent encampments of dead comrades who once fought by their side. From many thousand homes whose light was put out when a soldier fell, there go forth today to join these solemn processions, loving kindred and, and friends, from whose heart the shadow of grief will never be lifted till the light of the eternal world dawns upon them. And here are children, little children, to whom the war left no father, but the Father above. By the most sacred right, 
Theirs is the chief place today. They come with garlands to crown their victor fathers. I will delay the coronation no longer. I can only imagine sitting in that assembly listening to that speech. I could barely get through it. What what must it have been like just four years ago the word ended? And people were already doing their parts to recognize the dead. It was a shame that uh, James Garfield was only president for four months before he was assassinated. I, I can only imagine his love for this country just looking, just reading through that speech. During my first tour of Afghanistan, we had the great fortune of losing zero soldiers in combat. We did take casualties. However, many were returned to duty with only a couple who were removed from the battle due to their injuries. Our sister company, Able Company, 1st Battalion, 26th Infantry, was not so fortunate. Amongst their casualties, they had two dead, Specialist Michael Elm and 1st Lieutenant Demetrius Friesen. My second tour, we were not so lucky. Sergeant Douglas Riney was killed while escorting civilian inspectors to carry out an inspection of an Afghan Army ammo depot. These are the men we mourn on this day. These are the men we celebrate. These are the names we hold in our hearts as we raise a toast, either together or, or separate. And we say, Till Valhalla. That mythical battlefield in the Norse in the Norse heaven where the most valiant of soldiers live to fight and die. And at the end of the day there's a great feast and they are all brought back so that they may feast together. Yeah. Except for those uh, those cavalry men and women, as they're currently drinking at the Fiddler's Green, putting off their march to hell. My brothers and sisters in the cavalry, here's to that day where we all drink together again. And among those dead who we seem to forget are, are those veterans who die at their own hands. This country and its veneration of its warrior class has caused the military to put a stigma on soldiers who suffer from behavioral health and therefore do not get the treatment they need. Personally, I have dealt with PTSD for years. I'm hypervigilant. I hate crowds, although I am getting better at dealing with them. I suppress memories of little boys who were wounded by grenade shrapnel. Grenades lobbed at Afghan National Police patrolling the local bazaar. The only crime these boys had committed was being at the wrong place at the worst damn time. Hanging out by the fruit stand, hoping to get a snack. To this day, 
my kids start grabbing and pulling on my arms, you know, trying to get my attention, I, I jerk my arm away. I will shrug off a hug for my daughter. Uh, them climbing up on my lap causes anxiety, and I, ashamed to say, I have pushed them off my lap because I couldn't deal with it. But I'm getting better because I had the opportunity to get the help that I needed. In 2019, Department of Veterans Affairs released a report showing that from 2008 to 2017, 60,000 veterans had ended their own lives. Lost souls who were not able to seek help while serving their country or unable to get help after they got out. The true tragedy we face as warriors is where do we turn for help when we get out? My best friend, Jesse, was medically retired from the Army in 2013 due to injuries sustained in Afghanistan, as well as debilitating PTSD and depression. When he moved home to Rochester, New York, and settled down with his new wife, he was, able, or he was well taken care of by his VA clinic. There, that's near Fort Drum. So there's a high veteran... Uh, population so they took care of their veterans because of how many of them make up the community however when he moved to Charleston South Carolina with the with a uh, new work opportunity he was not able to get established quickly with the VA system near Charleston. And he moved with the meds that he had left, finished those, and then went about another month before he was finally able to get into the new VA doctor and they were able to re-prescribe the medicine that he needed, you know, the antidepressants, the the anti-anxiety medicines. And I was talking to him through this transition and he had been suicidal before. And so he knew and so he was suicidal again, but fortunately for him, he had, he has an amazing wife who helped get him through it. And not everyone is that lucky. This lack of care is an egregious failure on our government. The Department of Veterans Affairs was started at the end of the Civil War to take care of our veterans. And since the end of the Civil War, it has failed time and time again. We have National Guard soldiers and Reserve Component soldiers who go without access to behavioral health care. They're not active duty, therefore they do not qualify for TRICARE and are not qualified to seek U.S. government aid whenever they need behavioral health. Um, They can buy into TRICARE and take X amount a month out out of their drill pay But if they don't live close enough to a military installation, it's 
that's kind of pointless. And even if you don't have behavioral health nearby to make it worth the effort of getting, you're, you're still stuck. And also, many of them have never been ordered to active duty. And so, therefore, they do not qualify for VA assistance and VA care. And, again, circumstances in their civilian life, maybe they lack civilian insurance. Or maybe the insurance they do have doesn't cover behavioral health care. It is estimated that we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide. This number, however, could be higher if you include those who OD on drugs because they're self-medicating with pain or behavioral health issues. Usually on the Saturday before Memorial Day, Lebanon, Missouri plays host to Wagons for Warriors, a local charity that raises money for military support groups and to assist our area's wounded warriors. They have chuck wagons from around the country come in. Texas, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, you name it. They cook for a, for a nominal fee to get in. You can go around to all of these chuck wagons and you can taste some, um, some amazing food prepared how it would have been on the cattle trail 150 years ago. Every year, tens of thousands of dollars are raised. This year, however, because of coronavirus concerns, the board made the tough call to cancel the event. If you would like to help their mission, go to wagonsforwarriors.com, hit the contact link, and send them a message and ask what you can do to help them carry out their mission. This is not a paid advertisement for them. I believe in their mission. As their president, Steve Hull, is a Vietnam-era Navy veteran. And board member Mitch Morgan, my dad, is a Vietnam veteran himself. And caring for the troops, past and present, is near and dear to their hearts. If a charity supporting troops in south-central Missouri isn't what you want to help, by all means, find a charity near you. Give locally. Keep the money locally. Help those troops in your area, those veterans in your area. Uh, if you can find a volunteer opportunity and volunteer your time and be able to help one-on-one, -on -one, by all means. Money is good, but direct action is better. As I leave you, again, thank you for listening. Uh, none of this can be done without your support. Uh, to support this show, go to RelentlessDaring.com and click on the Donate button at the top of the page. Or you, hit, or you can click the Shop button. You check out the T-shirts, mugs, and stickers that are available there for purchase. All of that goes into this show. It keeps everything running. It keeps the, my host fees paid and all that. I'm really not making any money off of this at this point, and that's not my goal. My goal is to do this because I think those of you listening want to hear what I have to say. If you do like what I have to say, please, again, donate to the show, buy merchandise. It That's what keeps this on the air. And I am very thankful for every last nickel that comes in. Also on iTunes, please, four things I ask of you on iTunes. Number one, subscribe. 
That way you get the get the notification when the new episode posts every week as usual. Um, then rate it five stars, please. I've got that one got that one troll who left me a one star, and I'm pretty sure he didn't listen uh, to more than three seconds of the show just because he's being a troll. Need to counteract him. Third, leave a review. I mean, a glowing review would be nice, but yeah, yeah I like what he has to say. I, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, something nice. That way it pops up with, via the algorithm on someone else's uh, suggested listens. Oh, he's currently seeing a four and a half stars, and wow, so far everyone seems like him, except for that one guy. There's always the one guy. So again, thank you so much for listening. Um, and finally, I want to highlight another veteran, a former sailor turned musician, Sailor Jerry. Uh, she's a great artist. She cuts great country music. I'm kind of a country fan, so I like what she does. Uh, her albums are available for download on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, check out her music on YouTube. Um, we'll have a link to this song in the uh, in the show notes. And you also uh, check out her webpage. Make sure I get this right because I... Uh, check out our webpage at sailorjerrymusic.com. So, you know, check that out. Again, she's a great artist. Um, I also want to thank her for allowing me to use this song. Um, you know that not everything can be done. You can't always just play the music you want. It's with You have to have rights and permissions. And for her to come out and, you know, you know, I was reached out to her and she said I could use it. I want to say thank you so much. Um, I think the song is a perfect tribute to those people who've gone to war, seen their brothers fall, come home and find out their fight isn't over. Uh, this is Hallelujah, Veterans Version by Sailor Jerry. Stay Relentless. You packed your bags and shut the door You crossed the sea to fight a war You didn't know just what would happen to you Stepped in the dirt, boots on the ground And gunfire was the only sound into
Shine.